Some years ago, an article in U.S. News and World Report entitled, Happiness Explained, told this story. Once there was a prince who was always unhappy. The king's advisors told him the cure was to find the shirt of a happy man. So the king dispatched his messengers to find the shirt of the happiest man in the kingdom. They traveled to village after village in search of the happiest man, until finally they were directed to a poor farmer who was known for being extremely full of joy. Alas, he had no shirt. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you today with grateful hearts. Despite our disobedience, you love and forgiveness for us never ceases. Show us how to be as Christ to our neighbors, to share your joy to the many people in our lives, family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, and teammates who don't know you. Use us to bless others and advance your kingdom. Bless our time together as we worship and praise you. May we glorify you in the week ahead. In the name of Jesus, who died so we might live. Amen. Many studies on happiness have been conducted in the past several decades. One of them, uh, of course, cost millions of dollars and involved over 60 scientists from around the world. And as you know, most of these kind of surveys, they spend a lot of money and tell us what we already know, right? Um, what they discovered was that there are happiness helpers, uh, they called them, that included strong marriages for both spouses and children, strong family ties, solid friendships, spirituality, and healthy self-esteem. Some researchers even suggest that people can be born with a predisposition to happiness, stopping short of declaring a happy gene. According to a USA Today survey, the factors we typically assume make us happy, income, material wealth, career success, lots of friends, ranked near the bottom of the list, while health and faith ranked high. Only 4% said that high income is most important to happiness. For our purpose today, let's consider these definitions. Happiness is a condition of the mind. It's influenced by emotion, which is controlled by the limbic system of the brain. Let's call it mood. Joy is a condition of the heart and soul. It's, con it's disconnected from emotion. It's influenced by something much deeper. We'll call that mode. Happiness and sadness are influenced by external forces. Uh, the circumstances and events of the day impact our limbic system. And events of the day impact, in turn, our emotions. But our worldview and our outlook on life, formed in our heart and soul, becomes our default mode. If you've ever failed a test that you study for, I'm sure you weren't happy. Uh, if you've ever suffered a serious injury, I'm sure you weren't happy. If you ever received a dreadful medical diagnosis for you or someone in your family, I'm sure you weren't happy. If you've ever lost a loved one, I'm sure you weren't happy. I spent the last several months as one of the facilitators for the grief share ministry that we offer here at Bethesda. It's offered for the community. Uh, and I can tell you with certainty that 100% of the people that are there are unhappy about their loss. But there's more to their story. 
Anybody remember February 1964? There's got to be a few people my age. There was a, it was a major event in America. Some of you remember this. The Beatles' debut on the Ed Sullivan Show. Yeah. I was 10 years old. I'm pausing while you do the math here. Yeah. Yes, I'm that old, okay? About two months later, they released Can't Buy Me Love. Paul McCartney explained the inspiration for that song. He said, it was my attempt to address, to write a bluesy mode. The idea behind it was that having these material possessions are all very well, but they can't buy me what I really want. Comedy actor Jim Carrey said it this way, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Country singer Chris Jansen, I'm sure we have a few other country fans here, he addresses happiness in his song, Buy Me a Boat. Working like a dog all day ain't working for me. I wish I had a rich uncle that had kicked the bucket. And I was sitting on a pile like Warren Buffett. I know everybody says money can't buy happiness, but it could buy me a boat and a truck to pull it. Uh, another recent study of happiness suggests that maybe, maybe, just maybe higher income levels do in fact influence feeling better moment to moment or overall satisfaction with life. But, the author of the study goes on to say, such happiness is fleeting. It doesn't last and it doesn't withstand sadness and despair. Psalm 100 is a psalm for giving praise. It's, it's a call to all earth, all the earth, to worship Jehovah. We learn from these short verses that worship is simple. It doesn't require big flowery words. Our source of joy is found in knowing that we are his and that his grace and mercy and his love for us endures forever. Let's see if I can get to that. There we go. Thank you. If you would, read this psalm with me. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 100 really is an outline for worship, isn't it? Uh, shout for the joy. Shout to joy. Shout for joy to the Lord. You know, be excited to worship him. Serve the Lord with gladness because of what he's done for us. Come before him in his singing. Raise your voices. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. He welcomes us into his presence. Enter his courts with praise. He's a mighty God. Be thankful because we have much to be thankful for, don't we? Bless his name, his faithfulness is endless. It's also, Psalm 100, is a recipe for joy. King David wrote this with extreme joy. Uh, joy can be the life jacket that keeps us afloat when the world around us and our life around us is sinking. One goal for Christians is to live 
Psalm 100. Have a life that shouts for joy. In uh, James chapter 1, James, he's encouraging There we go. He's encouraging persecuted Christians in the first chapter of his letter. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So how do we live a life of joy? How do we worship and praise God through our attitude? How do we make a joyful heart our default mode in a broken world? You can't force or fake happiness when you're grieving, when you're in pain, when you're facing trauma. You can't say, I'm going to ooze joy today and wait for it to happen. You can't be cheery and upbeat every day. We've all probably tried that. I don't even know if God's always happy and cheerful when he sees what's going on down here. Do you? I mean, can you imagine? I think of sometimes uh, when he watches me, it's like, Kurt, dude, I gave you a brain. Use it a little bit. Um, But a heart of joy, that makes you different. How many of you have a favorite flavor? If you were going to write down or share your favorite flavor, anybody have a favorite flavor like chocolate or strawberry or something like that? Well, my favorite flavor is black cherry. This is concentrated black cherry. Cherry is a really close runner-up for me. I, I like anything that's cherry or black cherry. In fact, I'm not a birthday cake person, so every year for my birthday, I get a cherry pie. And the best thing is, Nobody in my family likes cherry pie. So, so for, for two days, it's all mine. I think once maybe it lasted one day, but um, I, try to, you know, I try to stretch it out a little bit until the next year. Um, but this is just a plain glass of water, kind of boring, like a twins game maybe. Okay. Um, but you put some of this, you infuse the water with this black cherry, and you don't even need to stir it or anything, okay? And it tastes black cherry, and if I want it a little more deeper black cherry, of course, I I put a couple squirts in there, but it even smells black cherry. You're you're missing out because the last group, the kids that came down, they got to smell this too, okay? Whoop, but it's it's got caffeine in it, so I probably won't share it with kids. You're wired enough already, aren't you? <laughs> when you infuse something, whether it's food or drink, it oozes that flavor and that aroma. Uh, when your heart's infused with the Holy Spirit, your life oozes joy to those around you. Your life shouts for joy. Uh, joy becomes your 24-7 default mode. The Holy Spirit's really kind of in your DNA. It's just there. Uh, You become an agent of joy to the world around you. In a piece written for the Gospel Coalition, Ryan Holzleton compares the artist Pharrell and Augustine's views on happiness. 
The truth is that viewing happiness as being all about having high levels and unceasing positivity will lead to misery. Hard things in life will, will inevitably bring you down. And you'll need more than carefree feelings and happy dance moves to carry you through those times. Our happiness is as stable and finite and fickle as the things that we devote our love and desires to. Feelings of happiness can be fleeting, but if we anchor our joy in Christ's finished work for us, we'll never run out. There we go. When our heart's infused with the Holy Spirit, when we have a personal relationship with Christ, which I discovered at age 26, actually, for myself, uh, we ooze joy, we ooze Jesus to other people. When I talk to my athletes uh, when I was coaching, we talk about leadership. And we talk about most people are either one or the other. They're a thermostat or they're a thermometer. You know, a thermometer adjusts to the surrounding temperature, adjusts to the attitude on the team, the, the attitude that prevails in a church, in a work setting, or even in your family. But a thermostat is someone who sets the temperature, sets that temperature, sets that attitude on your team, in your home, uh, in your church, in your workplace, and other settings. Don't we want thermostats for our leaders in most areas of our life? Don't we want agents of joy as our leaders? Agents of joy set the temperature right at Jesus. Uh, do you know what an agent of joy in your life? I, I imagine some of you have already thought of some of those people. Someone who oozes joy, oozes Christ to you. Uh, they don't really have to say anything either. Um, they live by the motto, and you may have heard this before, share Christ whenever possible, and when necessary, use words. You just sense something different about them and it draws people closer. Uh, they don't seek attention, yet people are attracted to them. They have this contagious confidence about them. I can think of several agents of joy in my life, um, friends, people I've worked with, people I've taught and coached with in the past, um, even some of the athletes I've coached, especially when I was a young Christian, athletes I was coaching that were uh, really uh, strong influences in my life. Uh, they were strong Christians, and they were just uh, those agents of joy. They didn't have to say it, or it was just the way they carried themselves, the way they lived their lives, and the way they treated other people. It, it really stuck out. My, uh, my favorite agent of joy is our daughter, Erin. Uh, God infused her with joy at a very young age, and he gifted her with uh, the ability to teach. She's a teacher, which is perfect for her. I also see joy in the middle of pain. Every Tuesday morning uh, at, at our grief share meetings, um, they are all mourning the loss of a loved one, yet many of them have the joy of knowing this pain and this grief isn't final. God isn't finished yet. Many of you are agents of joy. You may not even realize it. I see a lot of people out here that are agents of joy for me. Jesus spoke these words in 
John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Like the king in our story, it's natural for parents to want their kids to be happy, right? Um, we want them to avoid the struggles and some of the pain, some of the mistakes that we experienced when we were their age. Um, it's really common for parents to say, and many of us have said this, I just want you to be happy. But if we really think about it, <clears throat> the trials in our life is what's developed the perseverance and maturity that James talks about. And, newsflash, it's not your job to make someone else happy, whether it's your child or your spouse or your friend or anyone else. Instead, really our job is to show other people what a life of joy, what a life that oozes joy is like, to be that example for them in all circumstances. Kay Warren defines joy this way. Joy is the subtle assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise him in every situation. In 2017, 30-year-old Jane Marshevsky was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer and was told she had six months to live. In 2018, she was declared cancer-free. Months later, she began a second battle with the disease, given little chance of survival. Soon after, her husband left her. She then won her second battle with cancer in 2020. Just over a month ago, Jane, performing under her stage name Nightbird on America's Got Talent, sang her solo titled, It's Okay. I think it's the one time I watched the show. Um, some of you maybe saw it too. After her performance, she revealed she again has cancer in her liver, spine, and lungs. This is what she commented. I'm much more than the bad things that happened to me. I believe that God can heal in one instant. I also believe that no good thing does he withhold. So there was something growing in the field that is me, and if God had pulled up all the hardship too soon, it would have also pulled up all these miracles that he did in my spirit. Is Jane happy about her cancer? I doubt it. Does she ooze joy despite her cancer? Absolutely. When she made this comment on the show, I actually ran and wrote it down. And then I later, because my grandkids showed me how to do that, I typed it in on my notes on my phone so I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> yeah, so if you ever need help, with anything like that, I'll call my grandkids to help. <laughs> but here's the comment she made that I wrote down. Um, she said, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to be happy. This spring I shared a devotional at the funeral of Colleen Goodspeed, who attended Bethesda here with her sister, Michelle Brackenwagon, many of you know. By all accounts of her husband Steve, her family and friends, Colleen was one of those agents of joy. I'd like to share that with you. It's titled, Be an Agent of Joy 
um, again by my favorite author, Max Lucado. Jesus wants to bring joy to the people of this generation, and he has enlisted some special agents of happiness to do the job. You and me. Not an easy task. The people in our world can be moody, fickle, and stubborn. And that just describes my wife's husband. He wrote that, not me. Okay? Just, just to be clear. He goes on to say, Nah, if we are going to find the joy that comes through giving joy away, we need instruction. No wonder the Bible has so much to say about finding joy in the act of sharing it. The New Testament contains more than 50 one another statements. You and I indwell a lonely planet. We cannot solve every problem in society, but we can bring smiles to a few faces. And who knows, if you brighten your corner of the world and I do the same in mine, a quiet revolution of joy might break out. It can be how happiness happens. Let's pray. Lord God, we're grateful that you offer us eternal joy in a broken and struggling world. Thank you for the agents of joy you put in our lives, who show us what it means to be more like Jesus. Infuse us with your Holy Spirit. Make us your agents of joy here on earth. Help us shout for joy to further your kingdom and glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, amen.